to this. You know what? And in the ring with Dan and Benny, hey, brother, man, he's about the most cat. I just love him to death. I love you. Thanks for having me. Hey, you're the best. I'm telling you, brother, in the ring with Dan and Benny. Yeah. We love you. Thank Woo. you so much, Dan. Oh, yeah. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Dan and Benny in the Ring. I'm Dan Spasciano, joined, as always, by the player himself, Benny Scala. Benny, just the boys again tonight. How you doing? Good. I got a little quick story, Dan, and it was in the year 1984. So what were you, about one at that time, I think? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So I had to uh, take a business trip to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I was working, in, uh, living and working um, in Long Island, New York, and... So back then, there was no direct flights to Sioux Falls. It was Republic Airlines was the main airline that flew to Sioux Falls, but it stopped in Minneapolis. Okay. So, and I, I have never been a good flyer, but back then, I was a horrible flyer. So uh, on the way back from Sioux Falls, after about 12 beers at the Sioux Falls <laughs> airport, I stumbled onto my, I somehow made my plane in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and I'm in row two, and I'm thinking, like, man, I'm shit-faced, but I could swear that guy in row one looks just like Prince. And, I mean, purple Prince, suit and party everything like it's five foot two. Prince? What's that? Party like it's 1999 Prince? Same same guy, right? And uh, so I said to – and, and uh, the guy in front of me was about eight foot 13, which I'm sure was his bodyguard. <laughs> and I said, is that Prince? And he, and he said um, – uh, no, that he's just um, he's just um, there. He's flying to New York for a, um, a Prince lookalike contest. I said, "Oh, really?" I said, "I'm going to the center. I'm doing the Elvis one." <laughs> so, and I knew it was him, but but you know, and it was Prince because when he got off the plane, eight million people at LaGuardia Airport started screaming. But and and you're asking yourself, I'm sure, and so is anybody who's listening, what is the point of all this, and what does it have to do with wrestling? Well, one of Prince's songs. From that era was controversy. And what are we going to talk about tonight? Controversy. Controversy. And, you know, we say it on the show. Eric Bischoff has the book Controversy Creates Cash. That's, for 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 lack of a better description, he's talking about good controversy. He's talking about booking hot angles. He's talking about, you know, some backstage drama that kind of adds a little flair what we're going to talk about tonight, Benny, is not the kind of controversy that creates cash. It's not the good kind of controversy either. No, uh, it's we, the worst we were torn. We were kind of torn because we, we touched on this a little bit last week, but a lot of news has come out in the last seven days uh, that we wanted to do a, a kind of a deep dive discussion and breakdown of the story with Vince McMahon. And I want to do it, one, because I really think it needs to be talked about and we should have this conversation. But also, I don't know if you've noticed, but in the social media spheres of wrestling discussion, everybody is so busy complaining about The Rock and Cody and WrestleMania booking that the Vince story is kind of falling by the wayside. And I don't think it should. I think it should get the proper attention. And that's what we're going to give it tonight. 
Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Dan, because I was going to ask you, do you think that was done on purpose maybe to divert the, the controversy? I'm not I'm not big on conspiracies, but honestly, I would not be surprised if they pulled the trigger or maybe planned it a little differently to get everyone talking about something different. Now, I have heard the the point being made that they're trying to catch lightning in a bottle, as it were, and replicate the build to WrestleMania 30 with the yes movement where Daniel Bryan kind of organically got over and took the spot from Batista. So I I've heard that they're, they're, they're intentionally working the angles in the crowds to get Cody, that sympathy baby face put, uh, you know, momentum that the crowd comes. So when they do pull the trigger and put him in a, in a triple threat or give him, you know, do something where they book him at mania differently, it'll mean something more, but no, I, I, I don't think so, but I would not be surprised if the discussion was had like, hey, we're going to do this thing with The Rock. Let's really go all in because we need them talking about something else. You know, I heard something and uh, hopefully it's not true, but I guess ever since this started that his daughter is now getting death threats. Yeah, unfortunately, she has been getting harassment as of as matter of fact, it was just earlier today. We're recording this. Uh, February 6th, it was just earlier today, she deactivated her Twitter and social media account uh, issues and so social media accounts because of the online harassment she's getting. Like, you know, your dad's a piece of shit and blah, 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 which I will say, I don't care if you think this is the worst booking decision you've ever seen. What what I can't wrap myself around the mindset of people that attack talent like, you know, it reminds me uh, as a, I mean, you see for those of you all on the YouTube verse can see the wonders I've got behind me. Uh, it reminded me of when 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 Disney released their Star Wars movies and there was a bit like some of the actors in the movie were receiving like death threats and hate mail like it's their fault that you don't like the movie like like the rocks daughter it's somehow the rocks daughter's fault that her dad is 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 now a board member and getting a WrestleMania title shot. Like I, I think it's gross to, to especially now with the big story being the way Vince treated women, you're going to attack a woman for something her dad is doing it. It ridiculous. I mean, I, I get, you know, like in 1980, I get Larry Zabisco being shot at because it was so real to people. Yeah. And I, I get the fact that he had to be taken to arenas in the trunk of his car. I get that. Jimmy Valiant told us that he never had a car as a heel yeah. that wasn't vandalized. But this is not 1972 or 1980. We all know what wrestling is about now. So, right. I mean, what excuse is there and, for something like this? There is not. Not just what wrestling is about, but she's currently the GM of NXT. Like, when William Regal was the on-screen GM of NXT, he was legitimately working the office, and he was doing training, and he he was involved. No one who watches NXT thinks that she's genuinely now in charge of NXT. Like, she's booking matches and running backstage meetings and stuff. You know, it, it's not the... Um, you know, the, the, the fact that she's getting some kind of hate, like she's doing something wrong, is also crazy, you know? Um, I mean, it's, it's not, it's, it's now granted, you know, this was, it's not the Jack Tunney era where people were genuinely surprised to find out that Jack Tunney was just a character and had legitimately no power whatsoever. It was really, it was the announcer sitting next to Jesse Ventura that was running the company. Um, you know, but no, it's, I don't get it. I just can't, I can't defend or explain it. I just can't wrap my head around what brings someone to attack a person with 
death threats and hate mail over a wrestling storyline that you know is scripted. Right. I mean, we're talking about like booking here. We're not talking. I mean, it, it's we know it's not real. We right. we know what it's all about. I mean, I I how could anyone take a, a booking decision so seriously that you're going to make a death threat on a talent? Mm. Yeah, I don't get it. It's crazy. And like you said, this is a booking thing. This isn't, you know, the 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 CM Punk Young Bucks getting in a backstage fight or, you know, uh, years ago when you would have stuff with like Hogan and Randy Savage or, or in the early 2000s when Batista got in his back the backstage fight with Booker T where it was, you know, like that was legitimate fight that fans were talking about, like picking sides or whatever. This is a scripted storyline. You know, The Rock didn't. It didn't legitimately steal anything from Cody or use his board membership to to squeeze a title shot because he's some evil, corrupt, crooked villain. You know, this was a, a a booked angle in a scripted show and his daughter's taking heat for it. And it's just I, like I said, I can't wrap my head around it to even pretend like I understand why people are angry at her. Yeah, same here. It's just crazy. Mm. But we, uh, like I, you said, Benny, we were going to talk Vince McMahon. Um, you know, it's important. It's a big topic to discuss. Obviously, we we touched on it last week when we talked about the Survivor Series. That you know is a sixty-seven page legal complaint. Um, the story that I'll give kind of the cliff notes. You know, he had they had signed an NDA. He agreed to pay her three million dollars, paid her a million dollar settlement, and then stopped paying, or excuse me, a million dollar lump sum, and then stopped paying the installments. Uh, which would avoided the NDA and and now she's suing and and bringing stuff up and um but in in the last week a lot of news we were going to touch on is uh uh several back, uh, women that worked in the WWE have given interviews uh, or released statements um including Maria Kanellis the the Bella twins uh, I guess the Garcia twins technically Tori uh you know Tori yeah like um just all kinds of, of people. And um, then the story, you know, with the uh, the expansion of, of John Laurinaitis's involvement and people are starting to do their, you know, I mean, you, you have the crime, pe- crime podcast, you know how it goes. People are starting to detective and, and put pieces together. The, the lawsuit says, you know, executive number two and spring, blah, blah, blah. So people are, are taking those pages and going, well, you know, in, in April, this happened. And then, you know, people are starting to figure out why John Laurinaitis was randomly reassigned as head of talent relations when everybody was voting against it. Um, and then of course the, the statements made by triple H and Cody Rhodes at the, at the press conference. So, um, you know, we got to touch on that, but I want to get your thoughts first, and I want to start with this because I think it's such an interesting question, and I'm stealing it from another show. I was listening to uh, Jim Cornette's podcast, and he and he and Brian Lass were talking about it, and he he mentioned in passing that you know this is some of this stuff wouldn't have happened in the old days, and he just kind of mentioned in passing like you know imagine being Bruno sitting at home and reading this and being like Jesus, all this happened when I was there, whatever. And I thought they were going to touch on it, but they just kind of went past it. So I want to get your thoughts. Perfect world. Bruno's still alive. What does he think about this, being the consummate professional that he was that worked for two generations of McMahons? I would like to think, I mean, obviously, Bruno would have been very, very outspoken. Like he was when the, you know, during the steroid controversy. I think Bruno went on 
I know he went on Donahue. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he went on Geraldo's show or not, but he was very, very outspoken about the steroids. I don't think he, I don't think he was there with the Mel Phillips, the Ring Boy scandal, right? But I know he he did go on TV about the steroids. He would go ballistic with this. I think, I actually think that he would, would re, re, whatever the right word is, just withdraw his induction into the Hall of Fame. I think I think he'd be that repulsed. No, I, I agree, and. You know, I mean, some of the names from the past that have kind of come out and said, you know, um, one way or the other that that this is awful or now I get it. Um, I think it's also important to to put a caveat on certain things. I've heard some commentary. Um, I mentioned Jim Cornette earlier where it, when the story broke, they were recording live as the story was coming out a couple weeks ago. So when they he was hearing for the first time there were some of the news articles through the New York Times article and, you know, he they were kind of laughing a bit like, oh, my God, he, you know, the, the defecation and some of the stuff um, he he kind of threw an offhanded comment that, you know, because uh, Brian last asked him, does was any of this stuff going on when you were there? And he's like, the hell no. And, and if it was, you know, I would, I would ask for an office closer to Vince's or something in passing, like, you know, man, how come Vince never sent any women to me? Um, you know, understand that, that some, and, and we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll probably crack a smile here or there tonight that, that there's no one uh, of any moral substance that, that supports what happened, even if they're making a light of it, just given the, sheer volume of atrocity it's not uncommon to meet incidents like this with humor so you know if if we make a joke or if you hear someone who's made a joke in the past odds are they're just some people deflect with humor or deal with things humorously no one that i can think of with any semblance of moral fiber is saying that this was acceptable or man i wish i i wish i was there uh so you know just understand that but um I want to get your first thoughts, Benny, on – I mean, you you mentioned it, and we both said it. We talked offline, too, is we've both read the entire complaint. Um, you know, given, given the nature, I want to get your thoughts on the first big part of it is the statement that was released a couple days ago through his attorney, John Laurinaitis, who has – obviously, he's been identified. They're pretty sure he's in the lawsuit. He may be executive number one. Um John Laurinaitis mentioned in his statement that he is a victim as well, that Vin, he was, you know, Vince had power over him and he was, Vince was forcing him to do this or he was, um, you know, let me uh, pull his uh, actual statement up for, for the most part. Yeah. Where he, Vince, um, excuse me, Vince, uh, he issued a statement emphasizing he is the victim as well, pointing to instances where Vince exerted power to control both of them. Um, I'm wondering two, two points. One, what do you think of that, that Laurenitis was a victim here? Like Vince was forcing him to participate in the threesomes and, and, and forcing him to have sex with this woman he was sending to his hotel and office. Uh, and two, what do you think about the fact that the, the Laurenitis coming out and saying, I'm a victim here day one, this is a divided front. He's not, he and Vince aren't shoulder to shoulder saying, you know, this is all lies. Laurenitis is basically admitting this is all true, but I was forced to participate and didn't want to. Yeah, Dan, if, if Christopher Walken was here, he'd say, first of all, Dan, this is poppycock. Um, <laughs> is come is on. that who that was supposed to be? Yeah, it was a, I, I 
participated in a Christopher Walken impersonation contest at my last job. Yeah. And I came in third place out of three, obviously, <laughs> right? I thought I was good, but apparently nobody agreed with me. Oh, but, no. Um, no, I mean, you know, I listened to that Lauren Ice's statement. And what I took from it is a couple of things. Number one, I mean, he's not denying anything happened. You know, he's not denying. He's not saying, oh, none of that happened or oh, she's wildly exaggerating. Right. All he's saying is, you know, he's saying that I'm a victim, too. So that means that to me, I I get two things from that. One is that, you know, she's a victim. If he's a victim, too, that means she's got to be a victim. And number two. Right. You know, the, it all happened. And yeah, number and three, he, I, oh, sorry, I think Johnny Ace is turning face. I mean, I think that he sees that his his best move at this point is to cut a deal. And I think there's going to be other people. Even people who are complicit with Vince, I think that are going to flip, you know, flip and, and, you know, turn state's witness or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Well, no. And you're right. I mean, he and and it was weird, the wording, because he he did say the statement from the lawyer reads, Mr. Laurinaitis denies the allegations in this misguided complaint and will be vigorously defending these charges in court, not the media. Like the plaintiff, Mr. Laurinaitis is a victim in this case, not a predator. The truth will come out. That, I thought, was weird, too, because it wasn't, this is all false. It's, I deny the allegations in this misguided complaint. He's saying it's misguided. He's saying, oh, no, he's a a uh, a a defendant. Exactly. Right. This happened. You're just taking your anger out on the wrong person. I'm I'm a victim here, too. I, I think it's crazy. I wouldn't say turn face. But the other thing you got to factor in and I want your thoughts. You're, you're a little older than me. John Laurinaitis is 62, I believe. He's what? More than 10 years younger than Vince. And some of the other people that may be involved in this are in their 50s to early 60s. These are people that are, you know, I hate to sound cruel, but they're they're going to live probably 20 years longer than Vince does. They've got to do something to clear their name. Vin, you know, statistically, Vince will be dead within die within five years. You know, right. he he's he's not going to have to deal with the fallout forever. If you're if you're someone like a, uh, you know, someone in their 50s that, that that's got to live 20, another 20, 25 years with this hanging over your head. Yeah, you got to clear your name quick. I think that's exactly what Laurinaitis is doing is just, you know, he's doing damage control at this point, because I think he realizes that if he stays, you know, and he does, says nothing, I think there's just, I mean, there's so much evidence. I mean, those text messages, how do you refute those? Unless they're somehow they're not actually Vince's, but who would go forward and allege something with, with false, with false text, you know, text messages yeah. like that? No, you're you're right, and and it's not just the text because that was one of the jokes uh, that you know the, the, not to like I said not to make light, but it wasn't just what was in the text messages. It's the fact that Vince was sending her like whole books, you know, and and I, I mean no offense to any of our older listeners, but I've gotten a couple of long, you know, on my phone here, a couple of like twelve paragraph long short story text messages. And every one of them is from someone Vince's age. You know, no, no one, no one who, no one young girl who's trying to fake allegations may knows how to write text messages that look like they came from an old man. I, so I think just the nature of the text message to me is circumstantial that it came from Vince. Right. You know, one of the things that I, I, I heard in the past couple of days, which I was not aware of, was that the feds 
actually have already seized his phone. Now, if they seized his phone, not only do they, they are they going to see the text messages that him and Janelle Grant sent back and forth, right. but I'm sure that they're going to see the, the messages he sent Brock, his physical therapist, that yeah. doctor, and anybody else. Yeah, and, and you know, because there were multiple names. And the other thing, too, is, is you know, if if depending on the scope of the warrant, they might find text messages like this. He sent other women that haven't come forward yet because right. that was true. Uh, that, yeah, and I, I'm going to get I'll, I'll circle back to this in a second. But one of the comments from Janelle Grant's lawyer was that multiple women have been in touch with them either to offer support or seek avenues in which to speak out themselves. So this this story is far from over. Um, but I want to keeping with the John Laurinaitis, I want to read this. This was a statement released from the Garcia twins, the former Bella twins. They said, quote, we are shocked and disheartened with the recent allegations against members of the WWE. It has been a long or excuse me. It has been a lot to process since we found out about this past week, just as you all did, implying they find they found out real time when we did. This is something we don't stand for or condone from anyone, no matter who they are. We want all women to feel safe and supported in the workplace and in their everyday lives. So let me ask you that. One, what do you think about the fact that they've made it very clear? We don't care who the accuser is. You know, if, if, if it turns out to be our stepfather, burn in hell, fuck you. Um, but the, you have to so let me ask you that because they've been he's been in their life for, what, 10 years now, give or take. He's been married to their I, mother. Yeah, I think so. You know, plus he re- he was part of their part of the hiring process. Like he was part of the front office when they came in. Um, you know, what do you suppose the odds are that that this completely out of left field, or did they at, at any point suspect their their stepdad was a creep? But you know, business being business, they just got to kind of play along with it. I, I think I think they're just doing damage control. No no relation to Bailey and Oscar and those guys. Uh, they're they're protecting their name. You know, they want to they want to protect their brand. And yeah, that's something they have to say at this point. I agree. I, I, I bet uh, I bet Lauren I is sleeping on the couch right now as it goes. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. I wasn't I believe at one point his wife was still in Arizona during this the whole process. But I do believe at some point she did move to Connecticut and it was still going on. I think at that point, though, it went on instead right. of his hotel room. It went on at the office. Yeah, that could be because that was part of the complaint was incidents at the office. But continuing with Lauren, I want to get your thoughts on this next point. Um, pull my notes here. I want to get your thoughts on this next point where, um, you know, you, you you mentioned it. We we talked about it before when when the initial wave first came out a couple of years ago, when they first started finding out about the hush money and Vince paying the payments and the NDAs, the 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 back when it was still WWE, this was pre TKO. They the board announced they were going to do uh, an internal investigation. And during this time period of the internal investigation, along with, you know, um, the other incidents occurring, John Laurinaitis was fired. He was he was removed from the company. Um, And then when Vince attempted to come back, Triple H, Stephanie and Nick Khan all voted no for Vince's Vince McMahon's return. He returned anyway, obviously pulling the board. Um removing several board members, replacing them with his handpicked replacements. And John Laurinaitis was rehired and reinstated in his position at objection of board members, including Triple H and uh, Nick Khan. So my question to you is, what do you think they knew and when 
So this is entirely speculation at this point now. What do you think the board knew and when? And do you think they knew Laurinaitis was involved from day one? That's why he was so quickly removed and they wanted nothing to do with him coming back. They they had to know because why would they have been so ad- adverse to him coming back? I mean, I I think, I mean, even Triple H, I mean, how did they not know what was going on? Especially when a lot of this was happening right in, you know, at the place of employment. How did they not know? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. So, you know, you have to think about, uh, you've you've got a lot of experience in office environments. You know, if you're, if you know, the the fourth floor, Vince's office was on the fourth floor of the building they they called Titan Towers. Um, you know, you're on the four. I think about my where like my office uh, is, or where any offices you worked in the past. You know, if somebody is bringing women into their office and doing these kind of things, unless the the room is soundproofed or intentionally designed. You know, like the, the the remember the allegations from a few years ago with Matt Lauer, where he actually had the the sex dungeon in his office. So he it was quiet and insulated and all that. Um, right. You know, unless it was something like that, there's no way you're you're working in your office or you're working late and you're at the copier and you see women coming and going at all times of the day, looking disheveled when they leave, you know, hearing hearing. You have to have heard something. I, I wonder and I. Again, this is speculation, but I want your opinion on this. What are the chances that anyone on the fourth floor didn't at least suspect? Maybe it was consensual. Hey, Vince is, you know, banging that paralegal again. But is there anybody on the fourth floor that can throw their hands up and go, I am completely shocked. I had no idea anything was happening, good, bad, or indifferent. Nobody with an IQ above that of an artichoke, (laughs) you know. How could you not? I mean, I've been in, I worked in, you know, corporate, corporate America my whole life. And, you know, you got a girl who, you know, obviously was not really qualified to do to work there. And I mean, didn't have a whole lot to do, really didn't have any responsibilities. You you can't tell me that that half the place didn't know what was going on there. I I absolutely cannot believe that. Or you would think they at least uh, would at least suspect even even if they if they were surprised that it was forced and maybe they suspected it was consensual. They, there's no way anybody would throw their hands up and not know something was going on. I really think, and this is something I talked about last night on the True Crime Show, though, is you know the whole crux of the matter is was it forced, you know, versus was it consensual? Because that makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it? Absolutely, and I'm gonna that that's a great segue. Almost sounds like I'm interviewing you at this point. That's a great segue to the next thing I wanted to get your thoughts on because you touched on it last night um, or talked about it in length last night. For for there, I I haven't seen anybody support Vince. You know, obviously you're not going to come out and say, "Yeah, rapists, good. This is gross behavior." Um, but uh, one of the genuine questions a lot of people have brought up. And I say genuine in that it's it's kind of universal and some people feel that it's it's a real point is why didn't she just leave? Why didn't she quit? She wasn't chained to a desk. At some point, she was even sent to other states to participate in this. Um, You know, why did she not leave? But you brought up the point that you don't have to be holding someone down at gunpoint or whatever it be uh, for it to be considered assault. So. Kind of expand on that thought. The the idea of the of having power over someone is also a level of violence and control. Well, 
and somebody in the room said, I think it was called trauma bonding. I think one of the people in the chat room brought that, which I hadn't even heard that. I, I threw out the term, the, the Stockholm syndrome. And I think I gave the example of uh, Patty Hearst back in 1974, got kidnapped by the uh, Symbionese Liberation Army, you know, grew up as a, the daughter of a billionaire. And next thing you know, she's in uh, she's in a bank holding a, an automatic weapon. I mean, right. How did that happen? I mean, how do you know, pe- people, nor- intelligent, normal people jo- join Scientology, join cults for yep. years and years? I mean, women and I'm, I'm thinking of the, what was her name? Uh, Janae Rice. Uh, was it Ray Rice, the football player? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's this video of him, of him just knocking her into next week unconscious in an elevator, literally dragging her out of the elevator. And then the next day she's blasting the media. How dare you misrepresent, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, when when somebody is in a relate and I'm not a psychologist, I mean, and I, I don't pretend to be. But my, my you know, I've, I've heard of this before that, you know, when a woman is in a relationship with someone who is, you know, a very powerful, influential person, they they feel so uh, I don't even want to say threatened, but. They, they're just drawn into the relationship, and I think they feel powerless to leave. And by all accounts, this girl, and we don't really know the whole story, but by all accounts, this this woman was very vulnerable. She had mm. just lost her parents and, you know, was financially distressed. I mean, all the, the right conditions for somebody to just say, okay, well, don't worry about it. I'll take care of you. I'll find you a job. I mean, do I think that she might have been enamored with Vince McMahon and would not have minded a relationship with Vince McMahon. No, I think absolutely. But did she want to get like, you know, you know, in a threesome, did she want to get her head shit on? You know, did she want, I mean, I don't think she, did she want to go out of state? Did she want to send explicit videos? No, no, none of that. But I think at at that point she was so far in, uh, you know, we don't know. We, We don't know what a traumatized woman would do. I'm not a traumatized woman. So, but I, I have to believe that I, I, she just felt helpless. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. N- neither of us are have been in that situation, so a lot of this is just speculation. It's and speculation opinion. only. Yes. Uh, but but you know, if you you, re- you read the complaint, which we both did, um, you know, there was a lot of references to payoffs. He would uh, at one point where they said when when she was lured into the massage the room with the mas- personal massage table. And assaulted that a, a, a secretary brought her. I forget the amount. It was like you know five thousand dollars in gift cards or whatever. And she would you know she would come home or find out some picture. You know, Vince would force her to make a picture or make some videos for obviously the person that ended up being Brock Lesnar. And then you know here's here's ten thousand dollars to Saks Fifth Avenue or, or you know th- there was there was that um, it's common in what you were talking about the traumatic bonding. It's common in cases of abuse. Where the the abuser is sh- will shower you with affection or some form of of you know apology, you know in an att- in an attempt to kind of balance it out. But it's it's also what keeps people. And there was clearly, I mean, maybe not enamored, but there was clearly a level of you know the psychological damage a- a- once you've been victimized this heavily. Like you said, with Stockholm syndrome, which I, I wouldn't consider this that that Stockholm syndrome is more, you know, uh, feeling sympathy for your for your accuser and, and understanding their cause. I, I think it's more of or excuse me, accuser. I meant, um, you know, uh, perpetrator. Uh, I think this is more 
you know, she was just kind of had one, like you said, she had nowhere to go, but it was also a matter of, you know, once you get to that level of abuse, your brain stops working properly. I mean, it's easy to be on the outside looking in saying, I'd rather, you know, I'd quit. I'd rather be sleeping under a bridge, eating garbage, you know, scraps out of a dumpster than get sexually assaulted every day. But I've never been in that situation. So, you know, the brain doesn't work the way the fight or flight response is ruined at that point. No, and even Brittany Brown, you know, my my co-host last night, she said, I wouldn't have done it for a million dollars. I said, well, I get that, that you wouldn't have done it for a million dollars. But I said, could, could there be a situation where a woman felt so vulnerable at, that she could do it? And she did, you know, she said, yes, absolutely. And I really do think, I think this woman had good intentions. I think she looked at Vince McMahon as maybe even a father figure and a mentor and a benefactor initially. And I think she was so glad to get employment because she needed the money. And it just, you know, I think by the time it, you know, I think he orchestrated it. This is my opinion that, you know, he he just groomed her. And, and by the time she was in that deep, she couldn't get out. She felt powerless to get out. I could be all wrong. You know, the, the, the facts will come out eventually. And if I'm wrong, I will be the first person to say it. Like Fonzie, I was, remember that? Yeah. yeah. No, I, but I won't say, I'll, I'll, I was, I was wrong. I'll say yeah. I was wrong. I'll apologize. You know, I'll apologize to Vince McMahon. Not that he'd hear it anyway, but you know, that's, that's my speculation. This is a court of public opinion. We all have our opinions. That's mine. Well, at least, at least unlike Fonzie, you'll be able to admit you were wrong. So that's the important first step. And I don't, I don't have to jump the shark either. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think, I think he, he looks better in a, uh, leather jacket and floating. Oh yeah. He, he he, most definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, moving on other, you know, we, we've got so many kind of points to cover. It's kind of sad to think of, um, several, like I said, several stars have come out, uh, f- several, you know, talking about obviously Vince being a creep, some of them directing their, their ire towards Brock Lesnar, uh, I watched a, a clip on uh, Twitter. I'm never going to call it X uh, from Rene Dupree. If you remember him and yes. you know, Fifi and, and he was his, his reaction was pretty much real time and he was appalled. And it's like, that is exactly what you should, what you, how you should react. But speaking of reactions uh, in just the last 24 hours, 2k games has confirmed uh, based on these allegations, Brock Lesnar is being pulled from all video game releases and they, uh, without any formal announcement, the cover of the 2K20, WWE 2K24 WrestleMania edition no longer features Brock Lesnar on the cover. Uh, kind of like how AEW pulled CM Punk, except, you know, he, they were butthurt. He beat them up. And this is a company wanting to purge a, a racist from the role rapist from the roles. Um, so let me ask you your thoughts on that one, Benny. Okay. We we've already established. We're going to start purging Brock Lesnar. What do you do with Vince McMahon? Do you give him the Chris Benoit treatment and try and do as purge as much of his history as you can? Do you give him the, uh, do, do you give him the guy that jumped to WCW treatment and just pretend he never worked there? Like, what do you do if you're WWE? What do you do with your history and your videos and your archives? How do you treat Vince McMahon going forward? You know, 
if it was any wrestler, I think I would have an answer. But how can I, I said, uh, you know, off off screen, it's like taking mitochondria out of cells. How do you I mean? Vince McMahon is interwoven into every single aspect of the WWE for the past, what, 40 something years? Yeah. It, it, I, to me, it seems impossible. I mean, you think about how many big moments where he was on commentary or the the later. I mean, you know, it seems they play the clip of the Montreal screw job at least once a year. Um, you know, it turns out lo- looks like Bret Hart got the last laugh here. He was right. Vince was a creep and a whole and a monster. Um, you know, but then all the stuff with with the Mr. McMahon character and his feud with Steve Austin, which was one of the biggest, most profitable periods in wrestling history. I mean, that was the, the highest rated Raw in, in broadcast history. Eight over eight million viewers uh, was a was a during the corporation ministry of darkness. Steve Austin at the top Vince McMahon evil storyline. So, I mean, you, there's really uh, there is no way to to remove him completely. So assuming you can't remove him completely from history, how do you go forward? Do you just never speak of it again as if he had never existed? Do you uh, address it at some point or do you just hope for the kind of la 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 and hope for the best? I think at this point, you just you don't talk about the guy, period. And I mean, we don't know how this is going to unfold to me. To me, this is going to be the biggest scandal in the history of professional wrestling easily. Probably one of the biggest scandals in the history of America uh, when 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 all is said and done. But I, I mean, we have to see what happens first. This. I think this is still in its infancy, don't you? No, I, I agree, and and that's absolutely right. Being in its infancy, because there are still multiple women. Because uh, remember, he had multiple NDAs. Janelle Grant just happened to be the first one that came to light, and uh, you know, among others, uh, other NDAs. So there's multiple women out there that are going to have to talk. There's probably women that haven't come forward that will now. Uh, as as I said, uh, Janelle Grant's attorney. Was was on record as saying that people have reached out to them uh, to tell their story. Other wrestlers that are probably going to speak up, uh, no. And then you you have to think about it. Um, you know, there's been we talked about it on the show last week. There's been comments like Ronda Rousey uh, straight up calling out Bruce Pritchard. You know, if you want to purge Vince McMahon, you have to get rid of Bruce Pritchard. And you know, so you've got people in the office that are still going to get fired. They're still going to face fallout and. You know, there's going to be a big reset, changing of the guard mentality here. The scan, I mean, it's just, no, it's, it's, I wouldn't even say infancy. There's still so much more that's going to come out. And I would not be, like you said, the feds are involved at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the day, somebody that's mentioned in this complaint actually goes to jail. Do you think it'll be Vince? I do not, given his age. Um, I think they'll end up with the with the same crap that's, uh, you know, from. I I don't want to compare it, but remember when 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 they finally came to light the the anti Argentino story with Jimmy Snuka where he was deemed uh, mentally unfit to stand trial, right? You know? Yeah. Uh, and there's been other instances in uh, international courts with, you know, um, Nazi Nazi war uh, war criminals who are finally captured and they're 90 and it's like look you're guilty but you're in no state to go to jail or actually be punished no i think i i think even if vince does get charged with something i don't 
I think at his age, honestly, I think Vince is also the kind of guy that'll die just out of spite. Yeah, I think he just goes away at this point. But one thing I did hear, and I'm not sure if I heard this correctly or not, is that these NDAs were not properly executed and they were without the knowledge and approval of the WWE. Is that do I have that right? Yes, the that was where the big scandal first came out was that Vince McMahon, a lot of these, he paid these, he, I should say paid, excuse me. He had these NDAs signed. He paid off these women. Legal didn't know. Some of his cronies might have, but it was completely off the books. And that's where the first round of investigations came from was he paid some NDAs with company money that was off the books. So you're paying, you're using company money. It's not like Vince McMahon is paying out of pocket for some of this. This was company money that he didn't clear with the company to spend to pay off sexual, you know, women that he'd sexually assaulted or right. was or allegedly, I should say, allegedly sexually assaulted. So yeah, the, 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 the issue with some of these NDAs too, that, that some legal uh, experts are kind of debating is the nature of the payoffs and the nature of the legally he didn't go through WWE legal and it's a WWE NDA, then they have no legal standing because he wasn't authorized to, to issue these NDAs by himself. So that there's, yeah, there's more, there's more to come out. I think some of the NDAs that have been signed are going to get voided in the future. Now his lawyer McDevitt though, like, did he do this without McDevitt? I mean, I can't imagine Jerry McDevitt would not have had everything all buttoned up. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure on that front. Um, because I, I correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't um, uh, didn't uh, McDevitt retire? Like, I thought he retired. He did. From, yes, I'm not sure like, what year he retired, but yes, he's now retired. Yes. I want to say it was about a year ago, so he would have still been around when some of this was done. Um, but he also, uh, because that was a big thing. If you remember back. I want to say it was last summer, so maybe about six or seven months ago, where uh, he he announced he was retiring, and it was in the middle of a lawsuit. WWE was being uh, that 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 antitrust suit that Major League Wrestling brought against them. McDevitt said he wasn't going to represent the WWE in those hearings. So, um, you know, I I I don't know. I don't think he would be involved in this. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because. Like you, like you said, and then especially her NDA fell apart because Vince stopped paying her. I mean, he, he, are we assuming that he paid every penny he owed to everyone else? Yeah, we we don't know. I mean, we really don't know. And you know, as far as him not paying her, I thought I under my understanding is that he didn't stop paying her because she had lawyered up. But I think the reason why she lawyered up was because he actually breached the NDA by sharing those pictures. And, you know, those videos to people outside the organization. <laughs> and and that's that's one of the key parts of it, too, is that, you know, she that where where the um, human trafficking allegation comes from is, you know, he forced her allegedly in the allegation. He forced her to create pornographic material and then distribute it to people against her her will, which, you know, <clears throat> you don't have to to. When you say human trafficking, it's not a, a you know a, a dirty 
boat full of immigrants being smuggled in for sex slaves. There's other levels of human trafficking. And, and you see it sometimes when they crack down on these uh, pedophilia rings where the, 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 the children and I'm not comparing it. I'm just using this as a legal example. Right. Where when when when, porn, when pornographic material is created and distributed without the consent or approval of the person featured in the material, that's also a that that's covered under the umbrella because you're you're trafficking. You're you're basically distributing sexually explicit imagery of them. And, and especially in the case of Brock Lesnar, uh, where you're using her sexually explicit material as currency. I, I kind of found it odd because Brock, I, I thought I found it odd that was Brock was drawn into this. I, I didn't, it didn't seem to me that he was the type of person that would really get involved in something like this, but you know, we never know. No, the, the worst, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Lesnar's made some business decisions that we haven't all agreed with the whole, you know, his match, his first WrestleMania match with Goldberg, where the crowd just shit all over it because they knew both of them were quitting the company and, and his failed run in the, in the NFL when he tried to play for the Vikings. And, uh, you know, Lesnar's done some stuff that people haven't necessarily agreed with, but the only thing morally of this type, I mean, even close to this was, uh, the, the allegations that Brock Lesnar's relationship with his current wife, who was in the WWE as Sable, um, started while she was still married to Mark Mara. Mark Mara, yeah. You know, so I mean, he's not above put uh, you know, not to not to sound crude, but Brock Lesnar's clearly not above putting his penis where he shouldn't. You know. Yeah. But that's I mean, that's a, but, but but having sex with a married woman is a far cry from the you know, the, the remember the quote in the in the in the uh, allegation where he, Vince told uh told Miss Grant that I showed him the pictures and he said he liked it. And, you know, and now I told him you're part of the deal. He wants like he wants more like, hey, Brock, look at this. Look at this. These these videos that I had this woman take. If you sign, I'll give you, you know, ten million dollars and you can and I'll fly her out to Minnesota to have sex with you, which then the whole thing where um, Brock Lesnar got snowed in and couldn't get to the hotel. So she ended up leaving. Um, right. Or she got snowed in. I I, I Forgot, but there was a weather issue where they couldn't connect. But she had crossed state lines at Vince's instruction to engage in in sexual behaviors, and that was part of the deal. We'll give you millions of dollars, and you can have this woman if you want. Yeah, but yeah, and and the sad thing is, I mean, Lesnar is the biggest money making star they've had. He's really the big. I mean, not not saying anything against John Cena, but Lesnar has been their biggest attraction. Let me, let me, maybe not star attraction. You put Brock Lesnar's name on a pay-per-view, you're automatically getting more revenue. You're selling shirts, you're selling tickets. Hey, Lesnar's coming to raw. There's ratings are going to go up. He's, he's the biggest attraction they've had in the last, I would argue the last 20 years, Um, especially his second comeback where his comeback, I should say his second run when he, the the feud with John Cena and then the storyline with Goldberg um, but you have to question this and I want your thoughts on this. I, I, there wasn't much mentioned in the complaint, but if this is, if this happened, there has to be other wrestlers out there that were promised women as part of their deal. Absolutely. You, you but, know that. And yeah, I, I wonder, I mean, what female WWE talent is involved in this in one way or the other too. Yeah. 
you, the sad thing is you have to think that that it is. I mean, hopefully no one on the current roster and you don't want to imagine, you know, the shady backroom casting couch type scenario where it's like, hey, guess what? But if you remember, Benny, when John Laurinaitis was president of talent relations the first time he was accused, this was years ago, he was accused several people who worked with the company. Um, Jim Ross, uh, Jim Cornette had told stories where John Laurinaitis was high, was was literally going through the, the Victoria's Secret catalogs and hiring lingerie models and bringing them in for tryouts. We're going to make you a, a star. And of course, you know, I remember listening to an interview with Cornette when he was OVW where they bring in all these, all these, these Victoria's secret models and they, they, you know, they'd be turning purple and gassed climbing into the ring. It's like, I can't do anything with this woman. She, you know, you, uh, being a supermodel isn't the cardio you need to wrestle. No. Like, <laughs> and if you remember, there was that period in the divas division where that was it. You had a couple of women that popped up that were clear in ring talent, you know, your, your Gail Kim's and Victoria and ivory, but then you had women and, and I give Trish Stratus and Lita credit for breaking the mold, but Trish Stratus was originally brought in as, as kind of eye candy model. And she eventually learned to wrestle. Whereas like in the case of Sable, she was brought in as eye candy. Um, and she refused to want to learn how to wrestle, you know, but yeah, you, you have, to, you look at some of these women that were brought in. That's it. You were, you were eye candy. You were putting matches and great. And, and, you know, uh, bikini contests. And that was the that was the way women were treated. Remember Vince having Trish Stratus bark like a dog. You know, you've got, you've got these moments that now are, mean something different. And I, I don't want to think about that, that, I look at some of the women who came in and out of the company in the last probably ever, but 20 years. And yeah. How many of them have at least one story like this? I, I th- this will be the next bill Cosby. I, I just think that it, it, it they're going to keep coming. They're yeah. going to keep coming. And there's going to be a never ending procession here. Well, like you said, you, you already mentioned that her, her lawyer, Janelle Grant's lawyer said that her inbox has been inundated with women yep. wanting to come forward. Yeah, and and I think that's what you're going to need here, kind of like Bill Cosby, uh, kind of like you know where where one or two it was raise an eyebrow, but when you're talking 14, 16, 18 accusers, good, bad, or indifferent, okay, these women are telling the truth, right? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. the um. It's the uh, uh, idea that I'm trying to remember how the expression goes, but it's the idea of, you know, one one uh, one tail is a question, you know, two two tails is 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 a thought and three tails is a truth or something like that, where, you know, the 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 statistical improbability of a dozen women all coming up, coming up with the same exact lie at the same time, you know. The, the odds, it, it just becomes mathematically impossible that, that there's not at least some truth there. It just, it boils down to the fact that, I mean, the guy is obviously sexually depraved. I mean, so that's one end of the spectrum. And any other end is, you know, he's a criminal. He's somewhere in between. I guess yeah. the question is, where does the needle land? No, it's, it's, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting um, because 
you have to think uh, something that came up about, I guess maybe it was a, a, a week or so ago, where somebody pointed out, um, and of course the, the 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 media kind of ran with it. Uh, Ari Emanuel, the 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 president of TKO, the the the, uh, the new owner WWE, like or uh, he owns Endeavor, he owns everything. Um, his daughter worked at WWE offices during the years that this these accusations took place. So I he has to be taking this seriously. You know, now oh. now no one's mentioned his daughter being involved in anything or having anything to say about this, but imagine. You buy a company. You're 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 the owner of Endeavor. You come in. You buy. You own the UFC. You own. You buy the WWE. You spin everything off. TKO, biggest scandal in wrestling history. Vince McMahon is sexually assaulting and doing all these horrible things to women. In the years your daughter worked in that office, you you there's Ari Emanuel is going to burn that place to the ground. Find overturning every stone to figure this out. You know, it's really funny because, you know, I was watching when, when I was doing the true true crime episode, I was kind of monitoring the, the chat room and somebody said, oh, well, it, it's not Vince isn't going to get in trouble. TKO is going to pay, you know, pay their way out of this. And I'm thinking, no, TKO, they are going, going to distance them, themselves as far away from Vince McMahon as they possibly can, I think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think I mean, they did that. If you remember. They did that in the very, very beginning when their very first statement was Vince doesn't have any say over anything. Uh, he's his position is entirely a figurehead. You know, he's only here because he owns stock percentage. And then Slim Jim pulls their pulls their ad. And within an hour, Vince McMahon has resigned all positions and he's completely gone from the company. Right. So, yeah, no, they they TKO did it right. I will give them credit. They immediately were like, look, one, it's gross. We're taking it seriously. Two, this all happened before we owned anything. No one on the TKO side of the business was anywhere near Connecticut when this was happening. So this is legitimately outside looking in kind of thing. You know, I, I'm, as you can tell behind me, I'm a red, I'm a huge Redskins fan. If someone were to come out, this week with stories of sexual assault in the Redskins corporate office, you wouldn't blame Josh Harris. He didn't own the team when that happened. You go back to Dan Snyder and that's what TKO is doing. They threw Vince McMahon under the bus as they should have. And he's going to suffer for his own actions, which good. I hope he does, you know, to quote Samuel Jackson, you know, <laughs> I hope they burn in hell. Yeah, they're, they're, they are not going. I mean, I think we've seen the very last of, Vince McMahon on any kind of wrestling, you know, any kind of wrestling capacity. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, let me ask you this, because we talked a little bit about it off off uh, air. The re one of the real victims here that you're that because you you kind of pointed out and we talked about it a little bit is the other McMahons. I mean, the the story came out that the reason Shane may have split from the company is he had an issue with Vince's behavior and maybe not necessarily he was hundred percent knew of everything, but he basically said, I don't want to be like you. I'm out. Peace. You know, he left Stephanie stepped down, got out of there and then came back only after Vince left again. Um, it, obviously I, I'm curious how the, the fallouts, what, what triple H knew and when he knew it. Cause I said that on, on when we were on the 30, I hope, 
he stays around because Triple H has done so good for this company. But if you're TKO, you have to take a long, hard look at anyone who worked in that office, including Triple H. And and now it could just be a simple matter of you look into it. Okay, we're going to keep you. But I'm not saying fire everyone in the building top to bottom, but you have to look, you have to do a deep dive into every single person who was in that building when this, when, when these incidents happened. Uh, to me, the biggest victims besides General Grant are, are Vince's grandkids because, you know, kids are cruel. I don't know how old uh, Triple H and Stephanie have three daughters, I believe. Yes. And they're still relatively young. You know, when they go to school, how do they like when like, kids are cruel? Kids say what, what's on their mind. Hey, yeah. you know, did your grandfather really shit on that girl's head? I mean, they shouldn't have to hear that. No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. But they're going to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, the sad thing is you have to think about it like um, D- uh, David Benoit is somewhat involved in various aspects of wrestling. He's been at events. He doesn't wrestle by any means, but I, he's been ringside. And I give him all the credit in the world. Apparently one of the few people that kept in touch with David Benoit um, and, and kind of monitored him, see how he's doing and, and kind of guided him through everything was CM Punk. So that's the reason they, they have a bond. Um, wow, okay. But to, to, uh, uh, to his mention, I mean, let's say he did want to wrestle. How, how do you how do you get over the, being Chris Benoit's son ever again? You, you can't. You don't. You know. You absolutely don't. Or how how Tamina had to kind of drop the entire and and changed her finisher and everything. She basically had to pretend that she wasn't a snooker anymore when it, right. when when what happened with her father came out. You know. Uh, remember there was a short. Well, I should say short, but there was a period of time when Charlotte didn't use the last name Flair. You know. She since we. Society's just kind of decided that Ric Flair is Teflon at this point. Like you know, anything that ever comes out about him, it's like, well, that's Ric Flair for you. Let's move on. Um, but the the uh, you know, which <laughs> I, I will say though, I don't think TKO ever rehires him. No, absolutely not. Yeah, but he, I mean, we can... we're talking about a long history here. I mean, going back to like you just said, Jimmy Snuka. Which is the early '80s. Mm. You got you got the steroid scandal. You got uh, Mel Phillips. You know the Ring Boy scandal. You got yep. Rita Chatterton. I mean, how many of these things? You know, at some point, I'm. I mean, people who defend McMahon, like, well, that one wasn't true. Well, that one right. wasn't true. I mean, at some point, it's like, well, that, that, that's a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, the old expression where there's smoke, there's fire. Absolutely. There, and, there's and, a shit ton of smoke here. I mean, think about it. I, I never put two and two together until we started talking about doing this episode tonight. But we've had how, think about how many female wrestlers we've had on our word. This is episode 163 in the last couple of years. How many female wrestlers we've had on our show? And I, I can think of a few times where they've talked. They've kind of like, I'm not really going to talk. I don't you know, not 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 straight up no comment, but they kind of danced around the issue of what it was like working with Vince. So I'm yeah. sure that locker room was shade was seedy and awful 40 years ago. I, I think we're just you know, like really try to figure out the psychology of Vince McMahon. I think at some point he, 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 in, you know, in his mind, he was so wealthy and he was so powerful that he could just do whatever he wanted. He was above the law and he was bulletproof. And I mean, it didn't turn out that way. Yeah. And you have to think, you know, um, I mean, the one that I thought was really because you talked about it with the uh, the story of you know Jimmy Snuka, where 
Vince McMahon showed up to the police station with a briefcase full of something, handed it to the cops, and they just dropped the investigation. You know, um, the the Ring Boy scandal. If you remember the the incident, she ended up eventually committing suicide. But but Ashley Massaro, where the she sued over she 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 was sexually assaulted uh, on a U um uh, tribute to the troops tour, and Vince basically just threatened to destroy her life if she went public with it. Oh, that one I didn't know about. Okay. Yeah, the yeah, um, tell, tell me more about that one. Now, that one I do not, I did not know about. Yeah, you, you remember Ashley Massaro? Well, I do remember Ashley Massaro. Yeah, and I, yeah. I do remember that she committed suicide. Yeah, she 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 committed suicide in 2019. Um, she was part of a, a series. Uh, I mean, obviously the the she was part of the concussion lawsuit from a few years before. Um, but she the the lawsuit was she was. Uh, sexually assaulted on a tooth in 2000. I want to get this right. Um, 2007. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't remember if it was six or seven. I knew it was, okay. it was right around the time that I was headed over to San Diego. Um, but yeah, she was assaulted, sexually assaulted on a military base in 2007 during a tribute to the troops tour. And she, her a, a lawsuit and other things that came from it was that Vince McMahon orchestrated a cover up. Because, you know, it was just basically kind of buried her and you know, to avoid any of the, uh, the unfortunateness. So she never she never got it. Um, you know, she never got justice. And her her attorney had released a statement uh, a couple of days ago that basically came along the lines of I'm going to I'm going to read you the statement here. And this thing about this. Uh, so the, quote, quote, this doesn't come as any surprise to the followers of Vince or the WWE. The culture was toxic. The sexual exploitation was just part of the overall control. The wrestlers function in an in-group subculture where they're governed by a code of silence called kayfabe. Obviously, we know what that is. This basically prevents people from speaking out because they'll lose their jobs and livelihoods. My understanding from Ashley, and I think this is well known to anybody with remote familiarity of the ins and outs of WWE, I believe the allegations were Vince McMahon himself was commonly seen kissing the divas in the locker room and so forth. Uh, when she rejected his advances, she met the fate of many other wrestlers, which was that her career was going to come to an end, and that's essentially what happened. If you do remember, she was kind of she was the she she was in Playboy. She had a decent run. Um, she kind of got oh, yeah. buried at the end, and then uh, you know went into obscurity but in addition quote and this continues in addition to these horrific allegations that she made it's important for viewers to understand wrestlers have been exploited and injured for decades by mcmahon uh she has very common orthopedic injuries she had very serious injuries to her neck uh, herniated discs etc uh lacks you know this this type of lack of engagement with their health care health crisis and then it goes on uh from there and that's something too is is vince mcmahon he's been dragged before congress on uh, on more than one occasion for stuff like this but remember the the idea that all his talent are listed as independent contractors so no one gets health insurance there's no retirement plan um you know i re- i give him all the credit in the world if you can go look up john oliver uh last week tonight did an entire set of show on the wwe and he, he basically broke down how horrible of a human being vince mcmahon is and that was years ago and I mean, it doesn't when you think about it, like you said, covering up a murder, uh, legal harassment, the steroid scandal, the ring boy scandal, the, the, the Ashley Massaro scandal. There's 
every step of the way, you know, the Montreal screw job, the covering, you know, the, how they kind of buried, oh, tried to heart. bury the plane ride from hell. I mean, right. every step of the way, the, the story with, you know, when, when, when they said Vince stopped paying her, it's like, well, of course he did. Remember all the stories of him buying the territories and then not paying the promoters. Well, then, yeah. Didn't yeah. he stiff Stu Hart out of, out of a million bucks? Yeah. Because, and what are you going to do? Like, I, I even if you sue me and win, your career's already over because I've destroyed and gutted your territory right. by the time you get your money. You know, Black Saturday, every step of the way, Vince has been a ruthless piece of shit. I don't think it surprises anybody. That's the sad thing, listening to like Ashley Massaro's lawyer, a Maria Canellis, uh, Tori, um, uh, Tori Wilson, several women that have spoken out in interviews, even the Bella twins. Uh, I kind of the undertone of their comment. It's even if it's not this happened to me, nothing I read in that complaint. These women are basically saying. Nothing I read in those 67 pages surprises me. Right. Yeah, I mean, so, it just, you know, obviously the guy is, I mean, he's a ruthless businessman. And there's a lot of ruthless businessmen in this country, but I think he just took it a little bit too far. Yeah, what I can't, what I can't get is, and I'm not trying to 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 make light of anything, but Vince McMahon is 78 a bulk of the allegations tied to Janelle Grant's claim and the other NDAs that have been signed in recent years all stemmed between 2015, 2016 and 2020. So you're talking uh, a few year span, uh, give or take about, excuse me, give or take about three or four years ago. Vince McMahon was 75 when he was dragging right. Janelle Grant into a massage part into in his private office and sexually assaulting her on a massage table. Like, I mean, I just like you said, at that point, I mean, I, there's no way that you start this behavior at 75. No, no. No, this is just <laughs> this has been going on for years and years. And I, like I said, I think he just, you know, with his wealth and his power, I think, it, you know, what's that? Yeah. Uh, power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Absolute power. Corrupts, I just think absolutely. he yeah, I just think he thought he was going to I mean, obviously, he thought he was going to get away with it. That's why he did it. Yep. And, you know, I asked you about what you thought, Bruno. It's times like this that I I'm saddened by the the short lifespan that wrestlers have, because this scandal, I, there are people that would never pull punches in interviews that would tell it like it is, you know, Bruno being one of them. I would love to have heard Roddy Piper's take on this. I would love to have heard Dusty Rhodes take on this, especially with his son being the biggest star in this company right now. And you're taking away from my son's spotlight because you couldn't keep it in your pants. You I'm know? surprised uh, Jesse Ventura hasn't spoken out yet. I, Maybe I was he actually, has, but I was actually just about to say that he's I wonder if he's putting enough because he's not he you know he he'll shoot from the hip, but he's also a smart guy. So he's got I wonder if he's putting the right time together i'm booking a talk show something like that i um, i would be shocked if i did not hear from that man yeah absolutely you know and <laughs> it's just crazy but uh you know like i said my final thought and i mentioned it on the 30 i talked about it on the show a week ago if one percent this is a 67 page document if one percent if point if two-thirds of one page 0.67 of this document is 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 true Vince McMahon needs to be in jail yeah like I said you know there, there's a there's a needle you know here's the one side and it's you know a deviant and here's the other side and it's a criminal 
and he's somewhere in between. I just, you know, I guess the, yeah. the facts are going to come out to see which, which, where he lands along that spectrum. Absolutely. Well, Benny, um, I give you my final thought. I said 1%. He's in jail. What are you, uh, final thought to you? What are you thinking? Uh, you know, I mean, he's had a, a lifetime history of evading, you know, jail and prosecution. I, I don't think he's going to want to, I, I don't think, I don't think he even gets indicted federally. I, I, but what I do think is that you're going to have woman after woman after woman, you know, doing the same thing as Janelle Grant. And for however long this guy lives, I mean, he's going to be in court or paying out whatever, whatever wealth he amassed. I think he's going to pay most of it out yeah. in, in, in punitive damages. I I would not be surprised. And I mean, his I, I give it to uh Again, go back to Jim Cornette said, Vince, you know, there's not enough time left in Vince's life to to do, to undo the deeds, you know. Um, but I mean, it's not just him, Laurenitis, Brock Lesnar. There there are some people who are going to spend the rest of their lives with this stigma and their careers are over and good. And I hope more women come out. And like you said, I mean, Vince just just recently sold something like seven hundred million dollars worth of TKO yeah. stock, you know, so. Yeah, start start writing some checks and hopefully, you know, maybe 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 we'll get lucky and somebody will go to jail. You know, and and just to clear the record, I mean, I grew up with Vince McMahon. I grew, you know, I watched wrestling on Saturday morning and Vince McMahon was the the announcer and you know, the color mm. commentator. I liked the guy. I always liked the guy. And I mean, when you think about it, like the sexual scandals aside, I mean, what an amazing story. The guy bought the company from his father for a yep. million bucks. And I mean, he, he didn't even have the money for it. I think he, he paid him like a quarter of a million and yeah, he had to make he, three more payments. He, he paid him with his own money, too, because he was secretly paying him with profits. He was making running the company. Right. Right. But I mean, like now, I mean, George Steinbrenner, of course, you got to throw the baseball reference. Of course, the there Yankees it is. From, he brought the Yankees from CBS, I think, with 12 million bucks. Yep. But what are they worth now? You know, how many billions? Same thing with Vince. I mean, how much, you know, the. the it's a great business story, but yeah. from an ethics perspective, it's absolutely horrible. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you know, I, you, like I said, you see it behind me. Dan Snyder bought the Redskins for $800 million, ran the team into the ground where they were the worst-rated franchise in the NFL, and still sold them for $6 billion. Uh, I, I uh, have to do this. I, I think it's Mark 828. Uh, what profit if... What profiteth a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his soul? I mean, so Vince McMahon, you know, yeah, he's got billions and billions of dollars, but he is like morally overdrawn, completely bankrupt. Yeah, I, I, I do believe, though, if you're the kind of person that Vince McMahon is, I don't think he's losing a second of sleep over what people think or his reputation or his oh, soul. No, not, not at all. No, no. He, he's crying himself to sleep in his mattress made of money and, you know probably has women on the side as it is so with his his little with his with his little twirl 1950s porn star mustache you either you either dress like an old cigarette ad or he's about to tie up a woman and throw her on the train tracks creepy bastard yeah it's like a cross between snidely whip whiplash and wayne newton (laughs) that's funny i actually i I actually said it was a cross between dick dastardly and wayne newton but okay we we got it yeah (laughs) Uh, Benny, I mean, you know, I- I'll tell you who who is you, you see you ever seen that meme of the, the the black guy behind the tree rubbing his hands, you know, 
like yeah. looking forward to you know who's doing that right now the producers of dark side of the ring because they've got oh their next God. five seasons planned out oh yeah this <laughs> so, it's a gold good, mine yeah good luck for them well i mean i wish we had a better topic but this is something that, that we needed to talk about and hopefully we can we can get it going from there uh we got a lot of good stuff coming up in the future obviously uh, our podcast can be listened to anywhere podcasts can be found and thank you to again on youtube our friends at monty and the pharaoh we'll be on the 30 on thursday where i'm coming back for my title you cheap bastard and uh well i'm not the defending champion anymore so i, well, I, I know but you you t- you you got it from me before I'm still, I'm still mad. You took, was, you took. I lost it the first time. Well, I lost because of a very controversial seven-point penalty for disrespect. Yeah, well, it was, uh, it was as controversial. Uh, that's the kind of controversy that creates cash. Good that's controversy right. that people. That's good controversy. To. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you know, you talk baseball references. I said it on the show. I would still be champion, but their points are about distributed as accurately and, and fairly as an Angel Hernandez strike zone. So yeah. It's it's rough, but no, yeah, there, uh, there's corruption right there. <laughs> right, we love him to death, Benny. We got a lot of good stuff coming up in the in the months. So for the player himself, Benny Scala, I'm Dan Spaciano. Have a good night, everyone, and we will see you next time we're in the ring.